Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. We are New York on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now it's Rich Valdez. So essential Andy Cuomo has an eighth accuser. This time she works in the office of the governor. And did Trump sabotage the staircase on Air Force One? I don't know. Putin is mocking Biden and China is pushing critical race theory as they're rubbing the American secretary of state rubbing his face in the ground. It's a real shame. Keep it locked right there because I'm Rich Valdez and this is America Starts Right Now. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. All right, New York City, what's going on, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, by the way, and I am your liberty-loving Latino amigo. We are right here 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden. I want to invite you to join the program. We are live on this Saturday afternoon right here in New York City, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. And the eighth shoe has dropped. Essential Andy Cuomo is in trouble again. Eighth staffer now is accusing the governor of sexual misconduct. The current aide to Governor Andrew Cuomo is saying that he's uh, ogling her body, subjecting her and another female colleague to a series of unwanted sexually suggestive remarks. And that's according to the New York Times yesterday. Alyssa McGrath, 33 years old, became the latest of eight women who've publicly alleged sexual misconduct by Cuomo and the first who's currently employed in the office of the governor. Now, Cuomo has been on record saying, of course, that uh, he denies everything and he's very apologetic. Listen to this. And I've learned an important lesson. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for whatever pain I caused anyone. I never intended it. Uh... And I will be the better for this experience. So he thinks he's the better for that. Now, you got to sit there and think. So you're saying because you, if, if, if in fact all of this is true, because you've grabbed these women, you are the better for it? Ay, ay, ay. I don't think that's going to go bode very well for you, sir. But the governor has continued to deny any wrongdoing, although he's acknowledged that, yes, it is a custom for him to kiss and hug people who greet him. That's how he does. And guess what? I mean, that's a custom for a lot of people and a lot of ethnicities. So I think it's it's interesting to, to say, no, no, it's because, you know, I'm Italian or oh, because I'm Puerto Rican. Meanwhile, I mean, do we have these allegations against every Italian, against every Puerto Rican? Of course you don't. So obviously there's something that he's doing and there's a trend. Now, it could be possible that this has always been a thing and they didn't want to tell him, hey, what you're doing is really making me upset. 
And now they've all decided to do it in an effort to destroy his career and let him know, you know, quite gently, you know, by the way, sir, you know, while we're bringing you down from grace, don't do the huggy thing. You're a little bit creepy. Thanks. I don't know. But this is uh, the situation that he finds himself in. So these uh, allegations in recent weeks, along with the revelations from the Cuomo administration of underreported nursing home deaths from COVID-19, has led to a growing clamor among prominent fellow Democrats in New York City and across the state for his resignation. Now, one of the most prominent critics of the governor has been Bill de Blasio. He's been Adam left, right, and center. He hasn't given up. I mean, as I'm watching, uh, there's a bunch of screens here. I'm watching New York One. Uh, lamentably, I'm watching MSNBC, uh, and we got Fox News on, and there's there they are. They're all being profiled on the screen right now, all eight accusers. And, you know, I don't know if this has anything to do with uh, the governor's taste in women, but they all seem to be um, young and uh, fairly attractive, you know. No, nobody that's, uh, I'm going to say hard on the eyes, you know. Anyway. New York State Attorney General Letitia James last week named a team of outside lawyers to lead an investigation into these accusations because this accusation that the governor has harassed women is a serious one, and they want to get to the bottom of it. It's also alleging that there's been sexualized comments, of course, uh, inappropriate physical contact, including unsolicited kissing. So I want to get your take on this stuff because I think it's – We've heard it now. It's what, three three weeks, four weeks, week after week after week. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. Now, McGrath and another staffer who hasn't uh, re- revealed their name have um, discussed this. And they're saying, you know, the other woman saying that he's groped her breast last year in the executive mansion. McGrath was quoted in that New York Times piece as saying that, the unnamed aide, a friend and coworker of hers, had related that the alleged groping incident to her was in fact real and that she detailed it highly. So we'll see how this turns out. But for, the, for her own part, McGrath says that the governor regularly engaged what she described as flirtatious banter mixed with more personal remarks, as well as a subtle but steady effort to cultivate rivalry among female staffers in his office. And that's according to that piece in The Times. These accounts were supported by contemporaneous text messages, emails, and social media posts she shared with the newspaper. Uh-oh, that sounds like proof. Dun, 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 dun. Although McGrath did not accuse Cuomo of touching her, she said his conduct amounted to sexual harassment perpetuated by secrecy and normalized by the insiders of his inner circle. She also cited instances in which she said Cuomo inquired about her lack of a wedding ring. Asked, how dare he? Hey, I notice you look single. <laughs> Again, I guess as governor, you really can't do that. But boy, I mean, that's that's no uh, groping underneath the blouse asking, you know, I noticed he didn't have a wedding ring. Oy. He told her in Italian that she was beautiful and gazed down her shirt while commenting on her necklace as they worked alone in his office. Well, now that does sound kind of creepy. Oy. Anyway, McGrath accused the governor of making similarly suggestive remarks to the co-worker who later told the Times Union that she had been groped. 
And McGrath said Cuomo referred to the two women as mingle mamas, quote unquote, after the topic of a planned trip to Florida by the pair came up in his presence. Cuomo has vowed to cooperate with the investigation overseen by the state's attorney general while refusing to step down before the inquiry is concluded. So, again, I think and I have uh, kind of thought that all along what we have here with Essential Andy from the Essential Andy Cuomo podcast is a situation where Cuomo is going to be kind of mired in this controversy and he's going to get politically beaten up to the point where running for office again is going to be a non-starter. People are going to be uninterested in a future Cuomo campaign because there's just too much mud. There's just too much. But we shall see. I want to know what you think. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Bill in Connecticut. Bill, what's up? You're on with Rich Valdez. Yeah, well, as far as I'm concerned, this is one of the problems that we we have when it comes to political families. Uh, Andrew Cuomo was only there because his father. His father was a decent guy and served uh, the, the, uh, the state of New York very well. But this uh, this particular uh, Cuomo is not uh, is not good at all, and he's not very bright. And as far as I'm concerned, he should be tried for for uh, negligent homicide for putting uh, COVID positive people in nursing homes where the seniors are the most vulnerable to this horrible disease. You know, Bill, you bring up a, an interesting uh, dimension there that I think a lot of us have been thinking is how is it that you can do all of that? And kind of nobody really says or does anything or, you know, a few people, a few good people make a lot of noise. And and then you do this and it's like, you, you know, you just broke the 11th commandment. I, I find it just hard to believe the things that the media becomes fixated on. And, of course, as the media leads, the people follow because we turn on our TVs and we see that we turn on our radios and we hear it. And, you know, we've talked about it here on the radio as much as we can. But one of those things that remains here is this the the people that perished because of his poor decisions deadly decisions they don't have a voice anymore these women still have a voice and and i just think it's remarkable that this story gets so much more attention and i'm so i'm in agreement with you i can't believe that we get that much out of this bill okay um. This is what happens. What can I tell you? The uh, the family had a lot to do with it. Uh, on the other hand, uh, I look at the uh, the fact that we've got relatively good families. The uh, certainly the uh, Bush family. Uh, I think uh, President uh, Bush left us a good a second President yeah. Bush, and I think also that uh, President Trump. We've got some very bright people involved there. Uh, Ivanka Trump, I think, is a bright girl. She could go places. And certainly uh, Donald Trump Jr. Yeah, I agree uh, with that. I thank you for your thoughts on that, Bill. I want to keep it moving. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Andy in Jersey. Hey, Andy, it's Rich Valdez. Yep. Hi, uh, Rich. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm going to call. I'm a lifelong Republican. i got no use for Andrew Cuomo whatsoever. But a little surprised with all this stuff. Uh, that, that this thing is coming along all of a sudden. The guy's been a long-term hypocrite. We know that he's a, he's a patronage hack. And also, we live in a society in which anything goes these days. And that entire party, every single body in that party, endorses a life without any kind of morals whatsoever. I don't know what's the big deal about what he did. I, I have a big deal with what he did. But the point is, there's nobody in that party who has any sense of morality in the first place. 
<laughs> it, it certainly seems that way at times, honestly. But I think this does transcend party lines. This is one of those things that, I mean, we should call it out when we see it, whether it's Cuomo or anybody else. And I saw just a story a little while ago. There was some Republican uh, representative that was in a similar situation with a similar accusation. And this is something we can't accept on either side of the aisle. But I do agree with you. When you kind of abandon morality or years ago when they tried to peg the Republican Party as the Christian right. So therefore, if anybody did anything, you know, if a Democrat did did this, like Andrew Cuomo, it's like, ah, well, boys will be boys. If a Republican does, it's like, oh, these are sexual predators. Now, I think they're they're trying to hold him to that sexual predator standard. And um, if that is, in fact, the case, then it should happen. I do think he's being skewered a little bit here. Uh, you know, asking someone, you know, oh, you don't have a wedding ring. Again, I've never been the governor, and I've never asked uh, somebody while I'm governor if they're not wearing a wedding ring. But, I mean, I could totally see the guy, you know, maybe he was being uh, a D-bag. Maybe he was literally like, oh, I thought you were married. You know, I could have sworn I saw a wedding ring. You know, who knows? Um, maybe uh, maybe I'm giving him too much credit. But I think you're right, Andy, in, in the sense that uh, we seem to have accepted immorality and just brought it into the mainstream as if that's just something we ought to do all the time. And I don't think we should. I think we should kind of gravitate back to morality and doing the right thing in society. I appreciate your call, and thank you for listening to the show. Uh, Our phone number, 1-800-848-9222. Straight ahead, we're going to talk about Trump. And was it really? It's Biden I want to talk about. But somebody made a joke to me and said, uh, did Trump sabotage the stairs on Air Force One before leaving? So we're going to talk a little bit about that and this video that uh, is um, making its rounds on the Internet, plus China and all the other great stuff that's going on. So keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. Yeah. an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Call now, 800-848-9222. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez on 77 WABC. So, Essential Andy Cuomo, Essential Andy Cuomo continues to do What he does, right? We're still under lockdown. They say we were going to ease up the lockdown. Things are going to start to open. They're criticizing him for that. But this isn't slowing down the exodus of people. People that are have invested small landlords, people that are, you know, their small business is buying small properties and renting them out. They're getting hit over the head and they're just there's no relief in sight. Well, if that's you, if you're a landlord in the Bronx, Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan or Westchester, write this down. Because if you're having tenant problems, if your tenant has stopped paying your rent, if the city's targeting your property for endless fines and violations, and you just don't know who to call for help, there's finally an organization that can help you. The National Homeowner Landlord Association. Now, I've met with these guys personally right here in the studio, and they're terrific. They're in the Pelham Bay section of the Bronx. They're a nonprofit, and they're dedicated to helping the small landlord like you. Now, you know, I... I, think this matters to me because, you know, there's an old joke in Hudson County. It's like, oh, where'd you move? Oh, we moved to Bergen County. Oh, what'd you do? We bought a two-family, right? That's what all the Hispanics do. <laughs> so if you're a Hispanic, Latino like me or anybody, you you need to really focus in on this stuff because people are in trouble and they, they need answers to questions. These guys have all the resources. They'll help you with housing court, evictions, 
the Department of Buildings, HPD violations, small claims in civil court. They can even help with property management, maintenance, even repairs. And they also have a network of attorneys, architects, expediters, even process servers. And they only work with licensed contractors and insurance agents, CPAs. So they're going to help you get possession of your property, get the property ready to rent. They're going to help you find a tenant and, most importantly, collect the money that's due to you. So listen, give them a call. The association is going to help you get your property back. They're going to find you a tenant and help you start making that money. If you're a a landlord, you want to go to this website. Check this out. Write this down. Homeownerlandlord.org. That's homeownerlandlord.org. Now, that's not the only thing that Essential Andy from the Essential Andy Cuomo podcast is uh, screwing up. There's a lot of things. And Bill de Blasio has been calling them out pretty regularly. But one of the things that the coronavirus pandemic has brought to the forefront is, a, a uh, I guess, a focus on mask wearing. And the latest is, you know, from Dr. Fauci that you got to wear two masks. While some people are saying, you know, in other states, you don't have to wear masks anymore. The mask mandates are over. So I don't know where we... Um, I mean, I know the rules here in New York, but I wonder what the people think. So I want to get your thoughts and opinions on that. Give me a call on everything we're talking about, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And I also want to talk about this video that's making its rounds all over the the Internet. And I haven't seen it on the news as of yet, but I'm sure, you know, somebody will play it somewhere. But it's a, a video of President Biden making his way up the stairs on Air Force One. And he stumbles, and then he stumbles again, and then he stumbles again. But the video that I'm talking about is one that I just shared on my Twitter a little while ago, and that's at Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez. And it's it's a, a parody of Donald Trump Jr. He makes a video. Well, I don't know if he made the video, but somebody sent it to him, and he shared it. And it shows former President Trump on the golf course, and he takes a swing, and the golf ball goes flying, and then the golf ball ends up hitting Biden in the back of the head, and that's why he falls <laughs> <laughs> and then he takes another step and there's another swing and boom, and he gets hit with the next one. And you, you've got to see it to appreciate it. It is funny. It's not promoting violence. But The Hill did a piece on that. And I thought it was interesting because it says uh, Trump Jr. Here's the headline. Trump Jr. shares edited video showing father knocking Biden down with golf ball. And it says the nine second clip begins with former President Trump on a golf course hitting a ball before cutting into footage of Biden from Friday when he stumbled twice on the stairs while boarding Air Force One. I saw him stumble three times, but who's counting with the edited video showing a golf ball hitting his head each time. Trump Jr. shared the video with the caption. It wasn't the wind, folks. <laughs> That's pretty funny. After Biden stumbled, White House Communications Director Kate Bedingfield and Deputy Press Secretary uh Karine Jean-Pierre said that the president was okay waving off any concerns. Still, the video was widely circulated, uh, it says in the article, on the right. The former president often questioned the physical and mental uh, capacity of Biden and his stamina during the 2020 campaign. Trump Jr. shared the full clip earlier on Friday with the caption, I remember the press bashing Trump for touching the rail once. Biden falls repeatedly, but I'm sure he's the picture of health. No wonder all of our enemies are pouncing simultaneously and mocking him publicly. And, you know, that is the truth. That is happening. And we're going to get to what's going on with uh, China and everything. But, you know, I think if Joe Biden and the Democrats 
They actually could unite the country if they focused on opening the economy, strengthening our elections, securing our borders, lowering taxes. How about a commitment to working Americans like you, citizens pursuing the American dream, instead of letting China spank us publicly? But let's take it to your cause. Uh, We've got, let's see, Marshall. Marshall in Park Ridge, New Jersey. What's on your mind, brother? I want to talk about the mask wearing. Sure. Uh, first, they told us we didn't need a mask, and then they told us we need a mask, and then Dr. Fauci said we need two masks. Now, I've been vaccinated, and I'm fully immunized, and I'm not sure why we people like myself cannot, can uh, not take our mask off. I thought that was the goal. Yeah, well, I think that you're on to something there, Marshall. And apparently it's the same thing that Dr. Rand Paul had to say uh, two days ago when he was in a Senate subcommittee with uh, Dr. Fauci himself. And what was interesting is that, you know, of the two guys here, they try to make it sound like, you know, Rand Paul is not uh, a physician. But, I mean, Rand Paul is a is an M.D. And, of course, he... Uh, He's actually seen patients for, you know, decades upon decades of seeing patients. But I want you to listen to this clip from Rand Paul, and I want to get your thoughts on this. It's regarding the mask wearing. Check this out. What study shows significant reinfection, hospitalization, and death after either natural infection or the vaccine? It doesn't exist. There is no evidence that there are significant reinfections after vaccine. In fact, I don't think we have a hospitalization in the United States after the two-week period after the second vaccination. Yeah, you have a death in the United States. You're not hearing what I'm saying about variants. We're talking about wild-type versus variants. And what, now, proof reinf- is there, what proof is there that there are significant reinfections with hospitalizations and death from the variants? None in our country. Zero. Well, because we don't have a prevalent of a variant yet. We're having one. Can I finish? We're having one one seven that's becoming more dominant. Policy based on conjecture. No, you have the. It isn't based on conjecture. So you some you want people to wear a mask for another couple years. No, you've been vaccinated and you parade around in two masks for show. No, you can't get it again. There's almost there's virtually zero percent chance you're going to get it. And yet you're telling people with them that have had the vaccine who have immunity. You're defying everything we know about immunity by telling people to wear a mask who've been vaccinated. No. Instead, you should be saying there is no science right. to say we're going to have a problem from the large number of people being vaccinated. You want to get rid of vaccine hesitancy? Tell them they can quit wearing their mask after they get the vaccine. You want people to get the vaccine? Give them a reward instead of telling them that the nanny state's going to be there for three more years and you got to wear a mask forever. People don't want to hear it. There's no science behind it. Well, let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Masks are protective. And we have immunity there, theater. If you already have immunity, you're wearing a mask to give comfort to others. You're not wearing a mask because of any science. I, I totally disagree with you. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. 
Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Well, there you have it. Dr. Fauci disagrees with Dr. Rand Paul. And my question would be, which one of you guys has actually seen patients? You know, just because Dr. Rand Paul is a ophthalmologist, so seeing patients had to do with their eyes. He's an MD, not uh, an optometrist, but an ophthalmologist. You know, went to medical school, that whole thing. Now, while Dr. Fauci went to medical school, I don't think he's ever seen patients. Maybe some clinical trials, but patients, not so much. So, I think uh, our caller, Marshall, brought up a very good point, the same point that Dr. Rand Paul brought up, where he says, you know what, there's zero instances in America where any variant. So what I'm going to do is we're going to label this the Fauci variant. So to be careful of contracting the Dr. Fauci variant, you must now wear three masks. I'll translate that into Spanish for everybody. Tres mascarillas, three masks so that you don't get the Dr. Fauci variant. Uh, lamentably, I think this is stupidity, or as Rand Paul put it, theater, and that's putting it mildly. This is what we're dealing with now. They don't want to let go. They feel that this is, you know, their their claim to fame. They're back in, in the saddle. They're in the driver's seat. Everybody's waiting on their next whim. Masks, no masks, three masks. When will enough be enough? That's what I want to know. Keep it locked right there. We have a bunch of calls that are holding. I ask you to keep patiently holding, and I'm going to get to your calls. Plus, we're going to talk about what's going on with China. Apparently, China was in Alaska, and uh, they really, really embarrassed Americans, including Secretary of State Blinken, saying Americans are not showing signs of strength. And that's them saying that. So you're going to hear that. We're going to talk about the coronavirus. We're going to talk about everything you guys want to talk about on hold. Our phone number is 1-800-848-9222. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. The 45th President, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Now, 800-848-9222. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez on 77 WABC. All right, New York, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And lamentably, we had a uh, really, really terrible meeting with the folks uh, visiting from China, and that happened in Alaska. Uh, one of the quotes that I'm looking at right here in justthenews.com says that this is probably one of the worst, one of the worst disasters uh, we, they'd ever seen. And uh, this is according to a piece in Just the News. But I want you to check this out. The uh, I'm trying to get queue up the name. This is live radio, folks. Sorry about that. <laughs> I don't have the guy's name. It is. A piece by Fred Flights, but the audio that we have is of the – I don't want to ruin it because then they'll criticize me for being uh, anti-Asian. And that's the next part of the story that we want to talk about. But the diplomatic representative from China, okay? You can figure out how to spell and pronounce their name. That gentleman took Mr. Blinken to task. 
And he really, really, really wiped the floor with him with this comment. I want you to listen to this. We'll also discuss our deep concerns with actions by China, including in Xinjiang, Hong Kong, Taiwan, cyber attacks on the United States, economic coercion toward our allies. Each of these actions threaten the rules-based order that maintains global stability. Well, you can't blame this problem on somebody else. I have to tell you, what I'm hearing is very different from what you described. Uh, I'm hearing deep satisfaction that the United States is back, that we're re-engaged with our allies and partners. I'm also hearing deep concern about some of the actions your government is taking. Well, I think we thought too well of the United States. We thought that the U.S. side will follow the necessary diplomatic protocols. So for China, it was necessary that we make our position clear. So let me say here that in front of the Chinese side, the United States does not have the qualification to say that it wants to speak to China from a position of strength. Well, there you have it. I hope that didn't put you to sleep. But the, the, the key is right at the end there. And, of course, the name I was looking for, forgive me, Yang Jiechi is his name, Yang Jiechi. And he is the uh, representative uh, from China that was meeting with Secretary of State Blinken. And what he said was, through the translator, the young lady that you heard, he said, so f- for China, it was necessary that we make our position clear. So let me say here in front of the Chinese side, United States does not have the qualification to say that it wants to speak to China from a position of strength. That's diplomatic terms for, bruh, you can't step to me, bruh. That's what that means. We just got had in our own country. They came here and smacked us in the face. You can't do that. That never, ever, ever happened while Trump was in office or even George W. Bush, for that matter. I mean, even Obama, I don't think they came here and publicly embarrassed him on on American soil. They embarrassed him overseas. This, to me, is out of control. So I want to know your thoughts on this, on Fauci, on the Democrats, on everything that's going on with COVID-19. Let's open up those phone lines. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. And let's see who's, uh, let's go to Tom. Tom, uh, where, where's Tom calling from? Okay. Can you hear me, Tom? All right, Tom, what's on your mind? Andrew Cuomo has demonstrated that he's incapable of having a staff of attractive females. Uh, He just can't control himself around them. He should be required immediately to replace that staff with members of the LGBTQ community. Well, here's the thing, Tom. What if he likes them, too? I mean, we don't understand how he operates. You know, and, and the, the bottom line is it's, that's kind of like saying if you don't know how to control yourself around people, we got to put you in a, you know, we, we can't start to engineer life that way. Andrew Cuomo, if he's guilty, bad on him, and he's got to figure out how to comport himself in society that way. We have to live in a society where, you know, we can't just go, oh, it's because of the way she was dressed. No, it's not. It's called self-control, folks, <laughs> and that's what we have to do. But thank you for your, uh, your call, Tom. I appreciate that. Let's go to Anthony. Anthony, I can't see where you're calling from, but uh, you're on the line. Hey, Rich, it's a pleasure to talk to you. It's, it's Lodi, New Jersey. Oh, Lodi, New Jersey. I know Lodi really well. My mother, my ex-mother-in-law used to live in Lodi. Yeah, mine too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Small world. What's on your mind, Anthony? 
Yeah, I just want to make a couple of quick points. There's uh, what's called white papers that are peer-reviewed, and there's about 54 of them regarding masks. And all of the masks, uh, all, all, all of the ideas are that it doesn't stop any type of transmission of virus. Masks are measured in microns, mm-hmm. and the viruses are measured a thousand times smaller, which is a nano, you know, a billionth of, mm-hmm. a, of a meter. Yeah, you know, listen, I, I'm with you. I don't get too technical with this stuff, but I can tell you that to me it's – there's the common sense aspect of it that says, you know, why do masks exist to begin with, right? They obviously do something. There's some sort of protection that they offer. It's probably not 100 percent protection, maybe not even 50 percent in some cases depending on the mask and depending, like you said, on the virus and how minute uh, or uh, microscopic these um, – particles of spittle could be, these droplets. Uh, But that being said, in my years of having visited uh, infirmed people in the hospital, I know that when there's a communicable disease, they would ask you to put on a plastic barrier like a gown, a little bit of like a felt um, shower cap, a mask, some rubber gloves. So obviously it may not be the end-all, be-all, but it does something when you're within striking distance of somebody that is known to have uh, some sort of infectious disease. So that being said, yeah, I, I'm sure there's a lot of debate on it. I would suspect that wearing a mask does provide something. Uh, can I say that this is the end-all, be-all, and this is how we're going to stop the spread of everything? I don't know. I would probably venture to say probably not. But to me, it would be um, unreasonable, I think, while numbers are still high, to challenge that, to say, oh, but, you know, the infection rates are through the roof. I don't want to wear a mask. I think it makes more sense as the infection rates go down, like they did in Texas and other places where they're saying, you know what, we, infection rates are down. We no longer have a mask mandate. Great. Let's get back to normal. Because even if we're right and we're like, screw it, the mask doesn't work, it doesn't, you know, there's, there's always the court of public opinion and there's always politics involved. So I think that has a lot to do with it. But again, thank you for your call. I do appreciate that. Let's go over to uh, Bob in Rockland County. Bob, what's on your mind? Rich, yeah, I had to think with the Fauci, with everybody saying they don't want to wear the masks anymore. But the thing is, Fauci is not going to come out and say, yeah, go ahead, take it off, because of the backlash he's going to get, like Cuomo did with putting people in a nursing home. He said, put them in, look what happened. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great point. Fauci, Fauci, till his last day, put on a ma- put on four masks, four, put on four masks, and whatever it is. I, I agree with you. I think Fauci is going to push for four masks and five masks and six because hey, why not? You can't go wrong until people start dropping dead from mask over mask use. But I think you do uh, raise a point. He's never going to step away from that, Bob. He's never going to step away. But I think the American public's got to say, come out and say, vote on it. If everybody feels safe, the numbers are down. Yeah, listen, if we lived in an actual democracy, that might actually happen. But we live in a republic, and in a republic, we elect people to make those decisions for us. So I don't know that we'll have an opportunity to actually vote. Maybe it'll be a public question at the state level. But I'm I'm pretty confident that, you know, when, when the southern states, um, which we can nickname the liberty states, you know, when DeSantis and Greg uh, Abbott and other governors say, look, enough's enough. We're saying you don't have to wear masks anymore. If you want to wear it, it's on you. I think other states are going to eventually follow uh, follow suit because of a simple reason. Let's say one state opens up their bars and says, yep, no, we're back. We're back. You can come and drink to your heart's content and you don't have to wear a mask. It's only a matter of time before people say, you know what? I'm tired of living in this state where I have to live under a mask and this and that and the other thing. So bottom line, 
people are going to start moving to those states. And we're seeing it happen in New York. So at what point is Andrew Cuomo going to you know, put his foot on the brake and say, you know what, we're losing left and right, hand over fist. We're losing millionaires, billionaires, poor people, you name it. Everybody's jumping ship getting out of New York City, New York State. I think at that point it becomes, all right, we've lost too many. We've got to now start to fix the problem. And for these guys, a lot of it is numbers. So I think that's what it's going to come down to. But thank you, Bob. I appreciate your insight. I think it was a really good point. Let's go to Christian in Massapequa. Christian, what's up, man? You're on with Rich Valdez. How you doing, buddy? Good afternoon. Thank you, sir. So let, let, let's start with the communist, the, the communist president that we have. Since he's been in office now, people here in Long Island are hurting and feeling it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's getting ridiculous by day. Food costs have gone up. Gasoline costs have gone up, material costs have gone up, all over the place, and it, it's it's out of control. What the people need to do in this country, like we did during the Civil War, and it's coming, we need to band together and throw out these Democrats that are killing this country. You go back and look at why did we 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 revolt and have the Revolutionary War against England. Taxation without representation, and that's going on right now, twenty times. And the and the English government was telling too many of the people to turn around and do what they want to do. Our government now has become an English government. In 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 a sense, back then, they're telling our ways too much to what we should do in our lives, and the people need to band together. The best thing that was said by one senator, I forgot his name, uh, when he, when, when, uh, after the revolt on the House, uh, 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 on Congress, mm-hmm. okay, on January 6th, everyone else kept saying, this is our house, this is our house. It's not their house. They seem to forget that house is our house, the people's house. And one gentleman, I think he's from Nebraska, made his speech, and he says, we're not doing for the people of this country. And it's coming. The time is coming in this country. Yep. Okay. Well, listen, I don't know what time is coming. I mean, I I hear this a lot, way more than I want to hear it. Uh, And I try to give everybody their chance. I really don't believe that the courage exists in this country uh, uh, in some sort of uh, en masse, if you will, where you're going to have a bunch of Uh, battle-aged men and women that are ready to somehow take on our government. I just think it's an absolutely insane idea, personally speaking. I think people are frustrated and they're going to say those things. I think it's just the same way when kids, you know, the parents of teenagers say things like, oh, I'm going to freaking kill my kid. I'm going to wring their neck. I don't think they're really going to wring the neck of their teenage children. And I also don't think that when callers call talk radio and say, at what point are we going to go after the government? Yes. Yeah, I, I don't think that point ever comes. I really don't. I think we saw the boil uh, start to bubble on January 6th, and you saw a 1,000 people go in there, and a horrible idea. They went inside the Capitol building. They, If you notice, let me explain how this went, at least from my purview. And uh, and I don't disagree with you that we're being downtrodden. I don't disagree with you that the government is, uh, is overtaxing. I don't disagree with you that they're encroaching on our ability to live our lives freely. I agree with you there. But I saw a video that showed a bunch of people trying to knock down a wooden door in the House of Representatives. And they started breaking glass and trying to get through it. And one lieutenant from the Capitol Police was hiding behind 
furniture that they'd used to block that door because the vice president of the United States was in the building, as well as the members of Congress that were there doing what they had to do. And one person tried to go through a broken portion of the glass. And as that happened, he licked off a shot. And she was killed, sadly. And everybody fled like cockroaches when you turn the lights on. And I got to tell you, that's not the resolve that you need for a revolution. The resolve that you need for a revolution is when they hear the shots, they keep going, just like the brave men and women of the NYPD, just like the brave men and women of the United States Armed Forces. People that are fed up because they feel like they're overtaxed and try to take over a government building and hear one shot and start running the other way, that's not a revolution, my friends. That is a spectacle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. The 45th President, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good, Mr. Call Screener. Yeah. Oh, it's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Call now, 800-848-9222. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez on 77 WABC. All right, New York, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, and we are going to your calls. I want to know what's your beef, what's going on, what are your thoughts on coronavirus, and um, what's happening with China coming and publicly insulting us right here on U.S. soil. Let's go to Vivian. Hi, Vivian. What's up? You're on with Rich. Thank you, Rich. I just want to say thank you for being the sofrito on radio, but we are in Voices for Seniors. It's a sofrito for the Voices for Seniors. Issue. Amen. Thank you. You guys are. How are you doing with that movement? Voices for Seniors dot com is a great movement dedicated to obviously um, making sure that the seniors that you know perished as a result of the fatal failures and deadly decisions that Andrew Cuomo made are, aren't forgotten. How's that going? Well, we're still fighting. We just actually wrote a letter asking the Comptroller, Tom DiNapoli, to make a referral to the Attorney General for an investigation. So although many people may think the voice, the seniors don't have a voice, we are still here on the ground fighting this issue with Cuomo. Well, it's great work that you're doing, and I, I love to hear from you. I'm glad that you're continuing to, to plug away because it, it's important work that you do. And sometimes people, you know, they, they're moved by what they see in the in the media and and then it goes away. But when you're committed like you and your sister are to something that actually happened to you because you guys lost your mom, that's something I think that you, it drives you forever. And um, good luck and God bless in everything you're doing. Thank you. We actually are commemorating the um, the terrible mandate that he did on March 25th. We're going to be on Foley Square at 530 on the 25th of this month. Um, because no one should forget and seniors should not become a footnote in this entire story. All right. And how can people join that, that movement if they want to? Uh, join our website, VoicesForSeniors.com, and, or the other website for the event is 15,000plus.com. Excellent. Well, thank you, Vivian. Godspeed to you. Good luck with everything that you're doing. Uh, I think it's tremendous work. And let's continue to move. Let's go to Joe in the Bronx. Joe in the Bronx, what's up? You're on with Rich Valdez. Well, I'm sad to say that uh, that insult that was directed against Tony Blinken, the neoconservative uh, head of the State Department, uh, was well-deserved insofar as that the Chinese are uh, bargaining from a position of strength militarily, economically, and politically. 
Uh, what do I mean by that? Because it wasn't the Chinese government. It wasn't, the, it wasn't Beijing that told us uh, or rather allowed us to let the multinational corporations ship our industrial and manufacturing jobs by the hundreds of thousands from the United States. No, you're you're right. That was Clinton and everybody that signed on to NAFTA and continued to weaken the United States that way. And it's a damn shame that we're in that position. And, you know, it sucks, quite frankly, pardon uh, my vernacular, but it really does stink that we're in a situation now where Joe Biden is the leader of the free world. And, you know, people from from our our most aggressive adversaries, as he likes to put it, and who I like to call an enemy, they're coming here and they're just, you know, they're they're just, well, you fill in the euphemism, but they're taking shots at us. And I don't want to get too crazy on the radio. But let's uh, let's go to uh, Walker, Walker and Paramus. Go ahead, man. You're on with Rich Valdez. Rich, good afternoon. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Wonderful. Well, good. Uh, the mask. It's like if a doctor prescribes a medication for you, like whatever it is, uh, you don't have to take it. That's the patient bill of rights. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you kind of have some wiggle room here. You know, again, obviously, if you go into a supermarket, you have to put a mask on. Or if you go, you know, in some kind of confined space with a lot of people, you probably should wear a mask. But uh, you have some wiggle room with that patient bill of rights. You, you can even say, hey, doc, I don't want to take this uh, blood pressure medicine. And he can't do anything. Yeah, no, I think you're 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 solid. This is you're right. I mean, it's it's some one of those things that no, I I, I come across everybody doesn't want to do it. Nobody wants to wear a mask. I totally get it, Walker. I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, we'll be away from these things sooner rather than later. Jacqueline in Brooklyn, let's go to Jacqueline. What's on your mind? Hi, Rich. Uh, Hi. We got forty five seconds, so keep it super tight. Really quick, I want to thank you for letting the uh, man speak before his piece uh, about needing another civil war in this country. Which we don't. Um, you know, it, when people start, if, if it ever gets to the point where there's the same situation like it is in Venezuela and a lot of other fir- third world countries, they're going to push us to the point where there's no other choice that they leave us with. Well, so, I, again, I would also doubt that. I would also doubt that. And And the reason that I doubt that, Jacqueline, is because there was no revolution in Venezuela. There was no revolution in China. There wasn't a revolution in Cuba either. See, when this stuff happens and it goes down, it goes down. And the reality is, if we're really headed that way, there's not a whole a lot of everything that anybody can do. Now, the good news is that I don't believe we're, I believe that we can win elections. See, I happen to know of this guy. He's kind of orange in hue and he's got blonde hair. And he won an election in 2020. And we can continue to win elections. And you watch and see how we continue to win those elections. But we have to do that first before people start to buy into it. Right now, people are just fixated on violence. And that's not the answer. Trust me, it's not. Hasn't worked before. Anyway. Uh, Up next, we've got some amazing programming. You've got Tony Orlando tonight, Joe Piscopo tomorrow. Don't miss it. I'm Rich Valdez. We'll be right back.